you've found your way to the Winning Tactics podcast with host Adam Sinkis. Adam discusses winning tactics with small business owners and entrepreneurs, uncovering processes and introducing the tools and solutions for enhancing the bottom line. Thanks again for finding your way to the Winning Tactics podcast and now your host, Adam Sinkis. All right, welcome to our second episode of the Winning Tactics Podcast. I swear I'm going to get better at this. Uh, but today I have with me Sarah J. Walton, uh, and, and she is really an awesome person. She's really founded on building happiness and, and really finding your village and your place in it. Um, she thrives on community and helping people and organizations engage their people as a wholehearted individuals and inspires organization to center their company on cultures and human connection and community, um, which is something that I am totally on board with and love, love, love diving into culture and companies. So I'm excited for this one. Sarah is also humanitarian expedition leader uh, with Choice Humanitarian, a public speaker and a podcast host as well. Uh, welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank um, you. It's awesome to be here, Adam. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about where you're at, you know, what's going on. Obviously, yeah. with COVID, we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on right now. All sorts of crazy stuff, you know? It's like taking one day at a time. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, uh, I have been a humanitarian expedition leader with Choice Humanitarian for almost 11 years. And my 10th expedition would have been this coming Thursday to Peru, but we'll kind of circle back to that later. Um, so that's kind of been postponed, not kind of, it totally has been postponed. And I have been able to travel to many different places throughout the world, um, leading these humanitarian expeditions and really seeing a sense of community um, in the midst of really hard times. And my goal um, with my website, sarahjworldton.com and on my keynote presentation, and also my podcast is to share the stories of people that I've met in the village um, and see the parallels of how it can help us in everyday life. Um, my podcast is called, Are You Happy in Your Heart? And it really is a tribute to um, kind of the very first expedition I went on to Guatemala in 2009. And that was a really life-changing experience when I um, went high up in the mountains um, in the Polochic Valley in Guatemala, and um, I was greeted by people that I'd never, I didn't even know existed in the world, and they were speaking a language called Kekchi. And instead of saying, Hola, como estas? or Hi, Adam, how are you? they would say, Masalachol. And that's a mouthful, and it took me about three days to memorize it, and I'm still not entirely sure how to spell it. <laughs> but what it means is, are you happy in your heart? That is how they greet each other. And having such an amazing experience there, um, working side by side in these villages um, with people who are living in extreme poverty, which meaning they are living on less than $1.90 a day. Um, it really changed my heart and the way that I view the world. And um, so that kind of um, later on in life, you know, down the road after going back and after going to Nepal and Kenya and Mexico and becoming an expedition leader, I really, um, you know, wanted to start this project of being a public speaker about this and being a podcast host 
and really that's the the overarching theme of my of my life and my experiences for the past 10 almost 11 years is are you happy in your heart and really what does that mean so the podcast i i interview people who from all walks of life and who have all these crazy different stories that are so different than mine um and ask them to share their stories of hardship and how hardship has helped shape your happiness, which is really just what we're all in the midst of right now. For <laughs> so sure. Kind of a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit about what I, the projects that I'm working on. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's really interesting because we are sitting, especially like small business owners, are yeah. really sitting in a space right now where, you know, I, I talked to several of them that are going, I don't even know how I'm going to, you know, open when this is all over, how I'm going to pay my bills, how I'm going to, you know, yeah. even pay my house note. You know, some, some people have, you know, their, their houses and their whole life on the line. With oh, the yeah. Business, it's, right? and, and it's a so, big thing. And I never realized, um, how it would just kind of creep in and affect everything. Yeah. You know, especially, especially small businesses right now and nonprofit organizations that are having to get really creative. (laughs) For sure. And, and it really, you know, so today's topic, we're going to really dive into crisis uh, invites innovation. So talking a little bit about how, um, how the, these challenging times, how we uh, as business people need to innovate and, and find creative solutions uh, to really take that next step forward to, to get out of this, uh, you know, relatively unscathed on the other end. So um, what have you experienced with the small businesses that, that you've worked with, that, that you've talked to in, in you know, in this crisis? How are, how are they responding right now? So that's a great question. Um, and my good friend, um, his name is Scott Porter. He is an owner of uh, San Diablo's churros and he owns a artisan churro company and he is a rock star. This company has flourished and it's only been around since about 2016. They do weddings and events and they have won like best pastry in Utah, best of state year after year. And they do weddings and they do parades and festivals and food trucks. And when I first moved back to Utah, uh, not too long ago, he needed some help with events. And I'm like, okay, I'll go help, help with Scott's churro company. And I will, will I kind of figure my, my life out. Right. So all events, have just like canceled just like everything else. And I went to a um, strategy meeting at his house a couple weeks ago. This is when things were like, are the restaurants going to shut down? We're not sure. Or um, we know that we're not supposed to go. Social distancing was still kind of a new term. And so it was when we were like, guys, look at the shelves. They're empty. Now it's like, (laughs) I know. Okay. Yeah. So he really had, we had a, like a brainstorming session, like, okay, everything's canceled. We have to keep our social distance, but like, and he has a lot of different employees. And so innovate crisis invites innovation. And I didn't see 
the, the, the food truck screeching to a halt, I saw it starting to rev up mm -hmm. and I really, and so they still do, um, deliveries. They, that are kept at a very like social distance approved, like distance. Yep. And he's created these like quarantine survival kits that have, you can get like, I mean, these churros are better than Disneyland. Okay. They're just insane. And if I, oh, I have to limit myself to like one or I will just explode. Um, so like there's quarantine survival kits that has like a pack of six churros that are like filled with like delicious Nutella or dulce de leche. Oh. And there's also like a roll of toilet paper in there and there's like coloring pages for the kids. And Scott also has this game called reverse charades. You should look it up that with a little box. Of, so a game. And then, so you can buy these quarantine survival kits. So it's still like, Hey, here are these amazing churros and I'm still like getting business, but also it's very timely to how it is right now. And it's helping people who are stuck at, not, I would say stuck at home. They're being safe at home. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it stuck at home. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so that's been really cool to see that innovation. And also um, I was supposed to be on a plane to Peru in a couple of days. And so choice humanitarian, I would say, I mean, it's a nonprofit. It's a small business. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have, um, events that are that was this week that was uh canceled um and also expeditions but they're still gonna do a virtual expedition to peru and you can join from the comfort of your um couch yeah. and you can log on and you can see what an expedition would be like to peru and yeah it's not as exciting as actually being there i, get it. I know how it feels to be there and it's like yes but you're focusing on what you can do. And I think one of what this all boils down to with the small businesses is, you know, you can fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yeah. And I think this is when people are, are really fighting and not in a sense of like you versus me, but they're getting that, that mode of, I'm going to show this, pandemic that I, that it's not going to break my spirit. And, you know, you can, yeah. So if you want to go on an expedition to Peru, you can just log on buddy, you know? So there's things that, so that's the innovation that I, that I've seen so far. And it's really, really inspiring. Um, and it also invites creativity. So I was telling you earlier, <laughs> I had a job offer that I was supposed to start tomorrow. And because of a lot of uncertainty with the nature of the position and the nature of the company, all that it um, scented. And I was like, what? And you know, what I decided to do instead of like cursing the heavens and being mad, I wrote a poem. <laughs> and I had found that little level of creativity had, you know, you know, it helped me like of, and it's the poem is called welcome to the Corona dome. And I wrote it in about four minutes. So sometimes when you're in crisis, that's when your creativity really pops out. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. You know, and I think it's really interesting that we take those moments to pause, jump way outside of the box. Yep. And, and do something completely unrelated because what that, what I find that does is I find that that helps in grounding you, uh, yep. you know, back to reality. Let's get all the feelings, all the emotion out. Then we can deal with this 
you know, at, as it as it plays out. And, and so that's something that I think um, small business owners are, are, are challenged with uh, is that, you know, they're so it, small business owners are, are heavily involved within their business. Right. And so, you know, to, to take a step back is a foreign concept for them. So, um, so, you know, what advice would you give to, to small business owners about taking that step back? How, how, how would you suggest they approach it um, so they can be thoughtful and, and, and really yield some positive outcome from it? Taking a step back is not necessarily a bad thing. I, my theme for 2020, I always have a theme for each year. My theme is go back. And it's really funny um, because I just moved from Colorado to back to Utah, back to my hometown, back to literally the house I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Literally, I went back. And to me, it wasn't go backwards. It was go back to your core, go back to your core values, go back to the things that are familiar, the things that are consistent, Mm -hmm. go back to your roots, go back to your start with why. And so my advice, I mean, I'm not a business owner, but my, my advice, and my, my thoughts with small business owners, with taking a step back, that's not taking a step backwards. That's not reverse or backwards progression or regression, right? You're just taking a minute to say, okay, everything right now is a little strange. It's a little uncomfortable, but guess what, dude? There's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. As much as we hate to feel that, it's true. And I need this for as much as myself, like my dream job got taken away. Yeah. And that was literally like gut wrenching. I mean, it's no fault of theirs. They were very kind about it. You know, it's not, it's like, that's literally just the nature of this beast. Yep. So I would say, you take a step back, you take a deep breath, and also you collaborate. Collaboration is huge. So I was talking about San Diablo's church. They were also partnering, you know, drive-through soda places in Utah are really big. There's, there's one called Swig, there's one called Thirst, there's one so delicious. So you collaborate with them because their yeah. drive-through is going crazy. So why not, you don't, you add churros to it yeah. so they can get their fancy soda that's filled with coconut diet, Coke and lime, and you have some churros and some pretzel bites. It's like the most deliciously unhealthy thing, but guess what? Comfort food is fine. you know. <laughs> and so, and you also have this other food truck called Sobe Eats, who is a really great, they do tostadas that literally will send your taste buds into orbit. And so it's all, it's all collaborative. Yeah. So it's like, I want to help advertise for you. I'm going to help advertise for you. And I'm going to help advertise for you. At the end of the day, everybody wins. You know, Is it ideal? No. But you go back to your core and you realize you can't do it alone. But collaborating and getting other bits of advice and saying, yo, homie, I need help right now. This is crisis mode. Or is it just a different way of creation mode? So... So for me, I think it's a different way of creation mode, right? Because uh, big business has been doing this for for years. You know, the outsourcing industry is is giant and that's solely built on 
let's collaborate. I'm good at people management. I'm good at process management. Let's all get yeah. together and, and figure out how to get this thing done, right? So I think small businesses forget that modality that, that there's a lot of advantage in collaborating with other people. Um, you know, building affiliate and, and partner relationships with people that uh, that complement your product, your offering, your service, whatever it might be, uh, mm -hmm. is a huge, it's a fantastic piece of advice. And, uh, you know, where I'm originally from in Michigan, we had drive through, uh, drive, we called them pop. We didn't call them soda. We call them pop Midwesterners. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, we, we had the drive through beer stores as well, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's, and it was the greatest thing ever because, you know, when it's frigid cold outside, you don't even have to get out of your car. So exactly. <laughs> you still have that little bit of, um, little bit of social interaction, you know, mm -hmm. which I'm an extrovert. So this has kind of been a nightmare. And so, I have to, you know, and it also like not for small businesses. Well, actually, I wouldn't say Chick-fil-A is a small business. I'd say it's large, um, yeah. wide. And I went through the drive through the other day for breakfast and they had these inspirational little notes on the bags, like crush your day or things will get better. Just something that tiny, you know, is something because you know what I did? I took a picture of it and I tagged it on Instagram. And so like, just like everybody else. So like having those little things, especially when times are really strange um, to have a positive spin, people are going to post it. People are going to tag you in it. People are going to share it. And then it just snowballs from there. So doing little things like that and having the beauty of social media. I mean, we've all seen how things can go viral very fast, you know, and positivity and innovation can go viral just as fast. We all know that. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I think a great example of, uh, of, uh, social media innovation is Wendy's, the, the Wendy's Twitter feed, whoever manages that, I don't know. They like get on there and just roast people and it's, it's humorous. And, and yeah, you know, I it, it, it was, they were really the first ones to like really jump in and like, you know, like McDonald's would post something um, mm -hmm. and they would be there responding to McDonald's, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, in, in some sort of joking fashion that bred, you know, a, a reason for you to go to their brand over McDonald's. And then it kind of turned into uh, people challenging Wendy's to come up with something creative. And all of a sudden they created this whole Twitter campaign around, yeah, just being a, a smart ass, you know, more or less, right. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, that, you know, it, to me, that is, that is one of those things that's really, you know, interesting in how we approach uh, our, our vision, our brand, you know, and what people see about it. And, and so, um, you know, I'd love to, to get your take on, you know, you talk about, you know, happiness and, and driving your inner happiness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you, how would you say in times like these that small businesses can put that happiness out in, in front of their brand and, and show people um, that positivity? Um, the happiness in my heart and really what it, for me, what it stems from is um, the times that I've been able to be of service. 
And then I've been able to go to these third world villages and serve and help with projects with our building a house or a school or a chicken coop or desks or anything like that. So there was this outward mindset. And I know in times of crisis, it's kind of hard to do that because you're like, I need to make money. I need to feed my family. I need like to keep my business going. You definitely, you have, you have ends that need to be met. Mm-hmm. But what I found, um, I keep going back to this example um, with San Diego's churros. Um, you should look them up. They're great. <laughs> and we'll next we'll plug them in the show notes too. So <laughs> yeah. um, their innovation came through the vein of service and through the vein of an outward mindset of, okay, our churros are amazing, but there's a lot of kids that aren't going to school right now because they can't. And there's a lot of parents that are going crazy because they're trying to work from home, do with homeschool, do it, keep their kids from entertained and not like, you know, their brains melting from watching Disney plus all day. So let's make them, let's give them a game. Let's give them churros. Let's give them coloring pages. Mm-hmm. So I think the beauty, the happiness in your heart is not something that you seek. It's something that you discover when you are focusing on someone else. And you are, you know, and that's what I've really seen this, this innovation with San Diablo is, um, and also with my, my experience with these expeditions, like the core value is the exact same and it is its service. And you see a lot of people, not just small business owners, like that tiny little message that Chick-fil-A wrote on their back. That's serving. That's saying to the person that just bought our chicken nuggets, Here's a little note that says, have a good day. Here is like a quarantine kit. And guess what? There is a roll of toilet paper in there. Uh, <laughs> right? So, yeah. you know, the person that opened that bag, they're like, heck yeah, we're good for the next five days. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I think the happiness in your heart is a byproduct of showing up for someone else. No. As, little, as little as that is. And the happiness in your heart that comes from going on on your porch and playing your violin because you can't, or, you know, all of these, um, people that are, um, the, the healthcare people in New York city, do you know that people go on their porches in New York city at seven o'clock Eastern every day for a freaking round of applause? How cool is that? That's crazy. I have not heard about that. I'm so if you like some of the main, the big celebrities that I follow on Instagram, a lot of them live in New York city and every day they post it. And I'm like, so this, the same vein is for the same or the vein is the same for the small business order. They're, they're showing gratitude and a service for someone else. And I think that that is the happiness in your heart that lasts, I think. Because you're saying there's a lot of internal crap that's going on with my life. No Peru, no job. But hang on a second. Who needs a little bit of sunshine that's having a little bit of a crappier day? Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that's really important. Um, I am all about like, how can we serve each other, right? And that's, that's a big piece of when I talk to leaders in businesses about driving the culture of their business, it's how do how is your leadership team serving the people that are actually doing the work? Because exactly. at the end of the day, the people the the people doing the work, if they feel served, will start to serve 
your customers in the same way in it. So it's, it's that trickle down effect. And yeah. so um, I really like that focus on, you know, on, on serving somebody else. What I think is really interesting, another great example of that is there's a, a distillery called Wick and Dolphin uh, Distillery. They do rum normally. They, they, they distill rum, but uh, right now they are distilling hand sanitizer. No way. Yeah. So they're, they're making hand sanitizer. There's also a brewery up in Tampa that's doing the same thing using their equipment because they're distilling alcohol at the end of the day. That's what they're making is alcohol. So, um, so they're just turning it into hand sanitizer and, uh, you know, in distributing out hand sanitizer. So like, I think that is that, that give back that service minded approach to business. And and so it's another great example of what you're talking about there. Yeah. That's really great. What a fun idea. Yeah. So, and it, and it helps with, you know, not being able to find hand sanitizer anywhere else. <laughs> Liquid gold. Liquid I, gold. I know that and toilet paper. I, I still can't believe I did the toilet paper math. A, a family of four requires 13 and a half rolls of toilet paper for an entire month. Oh, really? That's oh, wow. it. That's it. That's all the using 10 sheets piece. Uh, the average family requires 13 and a half sheets of, of toilet paper, yet we can't seem to keep it stocked in stores. Isn't that funny? You know, these are the things we say now. These are the <laughs> things we talk about. My, um, I went to three different stores just to look for beans to make chili. I'm like, these are the things I say now that I went to more than one store for beans. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. definitely crazy out there, and, and I think uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's it's that service first. It's how can I help you? Yeah. Um, you know, it, that is really what's gonna I think drive us in, in small business owners and, and businesses in general, kind of yeah. through the through the next hurdles with this. Um, I want to step back to something you said earlier on. You talked about stepping back and talking and really reimagining the why, um, which I think is a really huge and important thing, um, especially with small business owners. I think as you scale and as you grow your business, sometimes you lose sight of the why. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so, you know, what the... Why do you think that stepping back to the why and understanding the why is, is such an important piece? Because it for oh, I, I think it forces us to go inward and to really go back to why you started doing it in the first place. And sometimes that can get um, fuzzy or it can get overshadowed by the next greatest innovative thing, the next best flavor, the next best um, promotional item or seasonal whatever, you know? And so going back to your center allows you to kind of read. And sometimes your why constantly gets redefined, Mm -hmm. right? And I love um, Simon Sinek and his Start With Why book and his TED talk about how 
you know, things moved forward and were a success because they started with why. And he really goes into not only focusing on the psychology of why you do something, but the biology of starting with why helps you get to that center of your brain that affects decision-making and loyalty. And so those are the legs that you're going to stand on. And sometimes now that needs to be redefined. It's like, you know, mother nature send us to our rooms to think about what we did for being bad, you know? So I think that's, but everybody's saying we're no one's really move, moving forward at the pace that we were used to or that we're comfortable with. There's a lot of discomfort, you know, and, but focusing, focusing outward is huge. It's everything. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So I think that's, I think it's, I, I love Simon Sinek, by the way. And I, I, I have seen that Ted talk several times and I, yes. absolutely love if I ever meet him, I will absolutely just be a puddle on the floor. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. This there there is a lot of psychology to to understanding the why we do things, and I think if if, if small business owners can get past the the money and the prestige, you know, and, and really step back to why they want to leave a legacy, why they got into that line of work in in the first place, uh, it yeah. will help them reframe and retarget, uh, you know, where they're going. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'd love to hear a, a little bit about your why, why you, you know, why you got into the humanitarian thing, because I think that's really cool. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap up today and, and, uh, and I can share you my, share you with you my poem, my welcome oh. to the Corona Dome. <laughs> um, so my, my why of why I got into humanitarian work, um, is I was at a stage in my life that I needed a little bit more meaning. I was, my why was that I knew that I had more to give and that I, there was more joy to be found other than just like intake, 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 right? For sure. And so I have found that that has really opened up my eyes to what it means to be a global citizen and what our definition of poverty looks like and how that constantly is changing. And it's really opened up this world of, um, of innovation and service. You know, you see these villages that are needing a water system or a school and the way that they build it is different than the way that we would build it. But it's still at the end of the day, it's still a school. It's still a, it's still a, a water system. And it's showing me a new way to live that things that made me happy maybe necessarily weren't were not and um and it's really i was you know about a, over a year ago i was asked to give a presentation about my year of humanitarian work or my decade of humanitarian work and i thought okay how am i going to trim 10 years of my life down to an hour and what pictures am i going to use without boring these people to death like okay there's just 20 more guys hang on there <laughs> so that was really an invitation for me to like shrink it down to a core message. And that's where are you happy in your heart was born. Um, I don't, don't say if, if that's where it was born. That's where it just kind of came together for me. And I focus on the four key areas of you, of how you can be happy in your heart. And it's the first and the first one should come as no surprise as service. 
The second one is um, when you are free from distractions and you are present in the moment. And the third one is even when things don't go as planned and you get hurt, physically and emotionally hurt. Yep. And the fourth one is um, having a perspective. So I give that um, presentation to organizations. Um, so I was able to give this a presentation to a women's retreat um, at Sundance a little over a month ago. And it was, it was awesome. So my goal is to help organizations um, and just speak to them about how you can find happiness in your heart, wherever you are in your life path, especially with organizations seeing your organization as your village to be able to um, find happiness and purpose. It's awesome. That is, uh, it's a really, really cool mission. Uh, again, it's something I am hugely passionate about because really focused on, on leaderships and how leaders divide, uh, devise and build culture uh, within an organization. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, so tell us where you can be found. Uh, again, give us your, your webpage. Um, best way to contact you if, if somebody's interested in, uh, you know, in, in hearing you speak or, you know, especially now, you know, we can use the, the power of, of Zoom and, and some of those other technology tools to get that done as well. But uh, how can people get a hold of you and, and find your podcast and uh, all that good stuff? Yeah, so... Um a little bit of what you said was breaking up a little bit. Um, so my podcast is called, are you happy in your heart? And you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Podbean, and Sarah Fantastic. Yeah. And I will tag, I will also, uh, tag your LinkedIn in the, in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah, totally. So, and can I share so with you my poem? You totally can share with your, your poem. We'd love to hear it. Okay, it's not very long, I promise. And this was the creative juices that were flowing when I was having a sad day. So this is how we turn it around a little. And it's called Welcome to the Corona Dome. And I wrote it in like five minutes. Awesome. Okay. It started in Wuhan, a million miles away. We thought it was untouchable and it was only there to stay. Yet bit by bit and hour by hour, it started to wreak havoc and making our plans sour. Things canceled left and right, taking away our normal gladness, bred ourselves a new kind of March Madness. It's delayed, it's postponed, follow the CDC with no resistance. The news flood my ears from the moment that I wake, and if that's not enough, the Wasatch Front starts to shake. And suddenly, the story shifts, a new headline is born. The Salt Lake Airport is flooded and Moroni lost his horn. What else, 2020? What else do you have up your sleeve? There's not much more I'm surprised by, yet not much more I can believe. Yet the sun still rises in the east and our understanding will gain more depth. We will learn how to lengthen our stride. We will learn how to lengthen our breath. We're not in this alone, even if it's just a virtual hug. I'd like to look this virus in the face and give it a right good slug. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. You're welcome. It's been so much fun. I, I think we've all learned quite a bit about you know how you uh, are you mm -hmm. happy in your heart and how to find your inner heart and, yes. and really drive thank forward. You. So um, yes, thank you. And you know Utah had an earthquake um, last week. I'm sure you read about it. And Moroni lost his horn like on top of the Salt Lake Temple. The, there's a statue and it's a uh, <laughs> and then his horn fell out of his hand and it was like oh my gosh that is like the ultimate mic drop <laughs> so a little geographical reference if you didn't understand what that meant but anyway um thank you so much for having me on your show i really appreciate it. it's been a lot of fun i appreciate it have a wonderful afternoon thank you